Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome, podcast family, to today's episode. It is Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023. So glad that you are on today. As we uh, continue our journey through the New Testament, we are in Acts 24 today. So we'll jump into uh, into that in just a moment. Hope you're doing well. We are uh, right at the uh, peak of the summit of kids camp. Top of the peak today, Wednesday. Downhill after that. So uh, it's going well. We're uh, having vacation Bible school, as it used to be called back in the day. Still called that in some places, but kids camp we're having that this week and so we're in three days in this is day three today nine uh, nine to noon been a good uh, good week so far so awesome big shout out to all the volunteers who are giving of their time this summer to pour into the lives of of children investing in them uh, giving them a great experience and, uh, you know, it's always said, you know, they may not remember what you taught them. They may not remember the lessons. They may not even remember the uh, blue jello with gummy worms in it. But they will remember how you made them feel. Uh, may not remember what you taught them, but they will remember how you made them feel. And so we're uh, trusting that those kids feel loved, feel like it's a place of welcome, of fun, a place that they can uh, return to. And uh, learn more about God. All right, let's do it. Acts chapter twenty-four. Let's uh, let's see what the Lord has to say to us. You know, today, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. All right, let's do it. Five days later, the high priest Ananias went down to Caesarea with some of the elders and a lawyer named Tertullius. And they brought their charges against Paul before the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullius presented his case before Felix. We have enjoyed a long period of peace under you, and your, and your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. Everywhere and in every way, most excellent Felix, we acknowledge this with profound gratitude. But in order not to weary you further, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. All right, so they're presenting, they're buttering Felix up for a request to uh, to uh, punish Paul, right? To hear their case against Paul. We have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. Hmm. Wow, that sounds pretty significant. He's, stir, he's a tr stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. <laughs> I mean, that's a it's kind of extreme. Like, I don't know if it's all over the world. I mean, he has traveled 
um, frequently, but to say all over the world, I don't know. Um, he is a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. Here's another name for the church. Now it's uh, referred to by these uh, accusers as the Nazarene sect. Huh. It's been called the church or the ecclesia. It's been called the way. It's been called, um, obviously, they've been called Christians. And now um, the Nazarene sect. And even tried to desecrate the temples, so we seized him. All over the world. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect. Because Jesus was from Nazareth, right? Jesus the Nazarene. By examining him yourself, you will be able to learn the truth about all these charges we are bringing against him. Hmm. It reminds me of that old saying, you know, it's, it's cliche or whatever. It's been used many, many times, but there's a truth. There's such truth to it. If you were brought before a judge as a with the charge of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, if the if you're if you're if people at your workplace, if you were like brought into the office and they were like, This guy's a Christian, would people at your workplace have enough evidence to convict you as a Christian? They'd be like, No, I don't really think he is. There's nothing that he's ever done that made me that made me think he was a Christian. <laughs> That's what you don't want, guys. You don't want that. You actually want there to be some evidence to uh, to prove your your faith is a, a living, active reality in your life. That's what we want. And and re in that regard, I mean, Paul is called a troublemaker, right? He's a you know, I'm not saying as a Christian you need to be a troublemaker, but there are times that you know your our faith is going to um oppose um modern thought or contemporary wisdom or uh, beliefs or actions or attitudes it's going to conflict it's going to clash and in so doing we may be considered by some troublemakers it's not that we're seeking trouble it's that we're standing for the gospel in love in grace in peace i think that's the problem um, sometimes some of us who have we're we're, um, um, we're peacemakers, like we're peacemakers, people pleasers, and sometimes we love people more than God. Hmm. We're supposed to love love both, right? Love God, love people, but I feel like sometimes people went out over God, right? Like I, you know, I love people, but I and and I so I don't want to say this or do this because I know God would want me to do it, but I, you know, God wants me to love people, so God loses, people win. Hmm. And I don't believe there's always it's always a zero sum game there. I'm not saying it always is either who's going to win, either God or people. No, no, no. I mean, there are plenty of plenty of times that both win. <laughs> to love people is to love God. To to love God is to love people. But there are also times when people-pleasing is, uh, is not necessarily honoring God. 
but the temptation is always strong, right? To peop- to please people and to uh, um, to love people more than you love God. Hmm. That's convicting to me. So that's I'm just, I'm just sharing it with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the other Jews joined in the accusations, asserting that these things were true. When the governor mentioned for him to speak, Paul replied, Whoop, sorry, my Bible just fell. When the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. So I, I know you're going to be honorable in this, so I gladly make my defense. You're not a rookie. You, you've been doing this a while. You know, you've heard many cases, so I can, I can trust you're going to uh, see through um, and see the truth of the matter. You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogue or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. However, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way. Another name, again, there we, another name for the church of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law, and that is written in the prophets. So I believe the Bible. I believe the same Bible you do, the law and the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. He's saying these guys are, he's, he's, he's drawing the uh, consistency and the continuity between his faith and theirs. He's like, he, they're saying all these things about me, but let me first say, we have a lot in common. Uh, I read the same Bible they read. I believe the same Bible they believe. I have the same hope in the resurrection that they have. I've, I've been in the same synagogues to worship that they've been in uh, and have done so without causing any strife or division or dissension. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. I was ceremonially clean when they found me in the temple courts doing this. There was no crowd with me, and I was invo- I was not and not nor was I involved in any disturbance. But there are some Jews from the province of Asia who sought to be here before you and bring charges. Basically, they're wasting your time. <laughs> Felix, like I, you know, these guys are just wasting your time. Honestly, there's nothing here. Verse 20. Or these who were, or these who were here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. Unless I was this one thing I shouted as I stood in there. Um, what? Unless it was this one thing. Unless it was this one thing. Unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. So he says, let's just cut to the chase. The truth is I'm on trial today because of what I said about the resurrection of the dead. Um, 
Let's let's be let's be real. It's not about causing riots. It's not about you know stirring up Jews everywhere. It's they have uh, it has really bothered them uh, what I have said about the resurrection of the dead. That is really the the crux of the issues. So um, it's because of that. Let's let's just uh, strip away all the nonsense. Uh, let's quit you know. Quit with the uh, the uh, the drama and the uh, the show here. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. And the the real deal is uh, the resurrection of the dead and what I said about the resurrection of the dead. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, hmm, he knows about the church. He's well acquainted. Felix, the governor, is aware of aware well aware well acquainted with the way. He adjourned the proceedings. When Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. And my eyes, I got allergies, and my eyes are having a hard time focusing on these words this morning. I don't know if you can tell, but like frequent pauses because I'm having trouble seeing it. But, but we're going to get it. I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Okay, so he's basically like house arrest. You know, he's he can't leave, but he's he's being taken care of. So Felix says, you know, even the way he's treating Paul is a, is a favorable uh, approach, right? I mean, he's heard about the way. He's obviously heard some things about uh, Christians and what they believe and what they're doing, what they're proclaiming, what they're, some of what their teachings are. And um, seems like he's a, he has a favorable uh, leaning towards all of it. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla. That's a pretty name, you know, Drus Drusilla. Who was Jewish? Okay, so she, his wife is Jewish, and so maybe she knows something that he doesn't. He sent her for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. <laughs> you may leave. When I find it convenient, convenient, I will send for you. Now, isn't that interesting, though, that Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Now, that's, that's bold, man, to be talking about those themes in the face of power, right? Felix is a governor. He's got power. He's, he's a, he can have whatever he wants. He thinks he's the supreme judge. Um, and, here G, and here Paul speaks specifically on the themes in Christianity uh, regarding righteousness, self-control, and judgment. Hmm. Righteousness. What it means to be in right relationship with God. You know, God determines what righteousness is. You, you know, we we have to remember we have to remember that uh, culture and society does not decide what righteousness is. There's so many uh, in our culture. There's so many, sadly in branches of the church that get their marching orders from the world about what is right and what is good and what is fair and what is honorable. 
and what is virtuous. We talk a lot about in our culture virtue signaling, right? Like, you know, people try to act like they have such big virtues, like they're so virtuous. What, how, do, how do we do that? Well, we put a wristband on or we change our Facebook profile. When there's, there's a national catastrophe or something in some part of the world, we virtue signal, right? So we, we show people, look, I care. <laughs> look, I am a caring person. Why, how, do, why, how, do you, how do you know I care? Because I changed my Facebook profile. That's how. That's how I know. That's how you know. Because I have a wristband. That's how you know. And so if you cared, you would have a wristband too. Because I have a flag. I have a flag that I wave then because I wave that, wave that flag, I'm virtuous. And so you, if you were virtuous, you would have a flag too. And so we take our, we take our, uh, <laughs> I'm being a little snarky. We put our, we take our, our cues too often, right? From the world about what righteousness is. No, that's why we need the word of God. That's why we spend time in the word of God, because the word of God, the Bible tells us and teaches us what God is like. It t the Bible teaches us what righteousness is, is like, what being in right relationship with God, with others and with ourselves looks like. That's what righteousness is. And so Paul, standing before power, talks about righteousness, like God, what God's standard of righteousness is. And he's going to, you know, we know Paul, and we know his theology. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the righteous standard. When, G, when Paul was standing before the Ariochobus back in Acts chapter 17, which were philosophical leaders, thought leaders, uh, he talked about Jesus, the man of righteousness. <laughs> he, he's, who's, who's, you know, for, so even among philosophical leaders, he's like, you want to you talk about what righteous is? You want to talk about something that he, you're standing here judging what I'm saying. I'm telling you that he's going to be the one who's going to be judging what you're thinking. He's the ultimate judge. And here Paul takes up the themes of righteousness, self-control, and judgment. Hmm. Well, it got a little too close to home, and so Felix is like, that's enough for now. <laughs> you may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. Hmm. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. Hmm. Crooked man. He crooked. That brother crooked. He looking for a bribe. Hmm. When I find it convenient. Man, I think that's a... I don't know that just strikes me right that when someone sometimes we have encounters and, and maybe you've known people who have been, have had, who've had encounters with the truth who've had encounters with the gospel and they just didn't find it convenient to respond hmm. they just didn't find the time convenient to surrender man i hope i pray that we, you know, that we, um, that's never true of us, that we don't wait for it to be convenient to respond to the truth of the gospel. We all do that sometimes. I mean, let's be real. But may we, may we do less of it, that we respond to the truth of the Word of God when we hear it, and we don't push it off until it's, quote, convenient. Hmm. Because the sad truth is sometimes it's never convenient. The truth is sometimes inconvenient, right? The inconvenient truth doesn't work out. It's going to conflict with what you believe. Sometimes it conflicts with deeply held, long-standing beliefs. 
And that was part of Felix's problem. He's like, I don't, I mean, this would require me to change the way I live. <laughs> if I were really to embrace these lessons that you've just taught, Paul, on righteousness, self-control, and judgment, man, that would might require me to change some. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Verse 27, when two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Procurius Festus. But because Felix wanted, a, wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Mm. So Paul's thinking, man, look, Felix is leaving. I'm going to finally get out. Nope. I made a promise to the Jews, so you're staying right where you are. But as we said yesterday, you couldn't win because if you kept, if Paul was out and about, he was preaching the gospel, preaching the Lord Jesus. If he was in prison, he was writing about the Lord Jesus. So either he's out preaching or he's writing the Bible. Either way, he's getting the message out. <laughs> so God works all things together for good. And you see in God's sovereign plan, those prison days for Paul actually worked out for the good of the kingdom of God as we have so many of the New Testament writings which were penned while Paul was in jail. So pretty incredible. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for um, the truth of the gospel. Thank you uh, for the, what, you, what you teach us and continue to teach us about righteousness, about self-control, and about judgment. Lord, help us to be people of the way. Help us to uh, accumulate enough damning evidence against ourselves that when people look at us, they say, yeah, they're definitely Christians. We have lots of evidence that they are Christians. God, help us to, uh, to live lives of holiness and godliness and goodness and grace. Help us to love you more than anything, even as we love people. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to shed grace and kindness and holiness and justice everywhere we go. Lord, bless my friends today. May you encourage them and strengthen them, whatever they're facing in their lives. May you give them grace for today. May they know that you are enough, no matter what they're facing. In all these things, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for spending this time in Acts chapter 24. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Gave you a little little bread, little food, little spiritual food for today. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Acts 25 as we continue on. You guys are the best. Thank you for liking this, subscribing. If you're listening to it on Apple Music, to give it a give it a, a rating, five-star rating, you know, and comment, all that I really appreciate. Uh, and again, the way more people find out about the podcast is really through you sharing it on your social media feeds and with friends. So thank you for doing that. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Love you guys, and I really mean that. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.